Beethoven Orchestraville. Orchestraville? Where's that? You change, you change four score and seven to, to 87? A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. I don't blame them for dyeing your hair, I said, but they waited too long to embalm it. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Baccarello. Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning in to episode 95 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. While we have heard recordings where this trumpet player was part of the group, we have never played music where he is the featured instrumentalist. Plus, we really take the tempo of the music you are used to listening to on this show down a notch or three. So, get ready for the relaxed, easygoing sound of a horn player you may never have heard of in Volume 95, Bobby Gets Mellow. Bye. Uh-huh. 
Serenade in Blue, written by Harry Warren and introduced in the 1942 film Orchestra Wives. Okay, why this record for this episode? While documenting many of the musicians we've been hearing in these smaller bands over the last 94 episodes, I came across the name Bobby Hackett on several occasions. So when I had a chance to listen to this record, where he gets his own spotlight, I realized how smooth, full, and rich his tone was. And you know how it goes sometimes. You just want to hear some slow tunes. Maybe you're a little melancholy or just need to enjoy some slow, soft, soulful music. Everybody gets in that mood every once in a while. Well, this album is perfect for when you are in a mellow mood. And it sounds like my dad listened to it often because I know how mellow his moods could get sometimes. And now... For the oldest song on this album going back to the 1920s.
There is Deep Night, composed in 1929 by Charles E. Henderson. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's vinyl I have chosen for this episode. Bobby Hackett, In a Mellow Mood. It's on the Capitol Records label, number T575. It's a vinyl LP album mono format. was released in the U.S. in 1955. Its genre is jazz, and its style is easy listening. Now, there aren't many liner notes, so I will read them all. This music, in a mellow mood, is above all else the lyrical trumpeting of Bobby Hackett. He is the warm, round tone, the graceful, fanciful flight, the extraordinary talent for being sweet and hot simultaneously. No less than any other creative instrumentalist, Bobby Hackett has always had his own ideas of what an ideal orchestral background should be. Given this opportunity to arrange his own recording session, he has chosen two combinations, a full orchestra with a rich instrumental styling and a small rhythmic combo, Two musical springboards from which to soar with extravagant loveliness or upon which to improvise in a more intimate jazz mood. Of equal importance and appeal is Bobby Hackett's choice of music. The themes on which he variates are those of some of America's finest popular composers, including Cole Porter, Duke Ellington, Hoagy Carmichael, and Harry Warren. They're lovely, tasteful elements in this generous offering of the famous Hackett horn. This musician in a mellow mood, Bobby Hackett, spent the first 20 years of his life growing up and learning to play the trumpet. The next 20 years was a quiet period, during which he became quite simply one of the finest soloists in popular music. Although relatively unknown to the general public, Hackett built a reputation in the trade. Playing with Horace Height, Glenn Miller, Glenn Gray, and Paul Whiteman, he became recognized as a musician's musician, one who played all the pretty notes. He was the man behind some of the loveliest choruses on record, notably his now classic version of Embraceable You. Lately, Hackett has gained wider recognition. His featured trumpet work of the popular Jackie Gleason albums, lifting him into the higher echelons of recording artists. He is now a man in demand, and to satisfy that demand, Capitol happily offers this new album of Bobby Hackett in a mellow mood. Okay, let's see what prices this record is being sold at on Discogs.com. $11.80 for the highest, $2.48 for the lowest, with a $7.59 average and an $8 median. It was last sold on January 26, 2022, for that high of nearly $12. Now, my dad's record is in poor condition. There is a lot of hiss, and you will hear a major skip in the final tune, but I liked that melody enough that I wasn't going to ignore that cut. The album cover itself is in terrible shape. There's wrinkles here. Uh, in fact, so it's a wonder he didn't have some of this famous black electrical tape closing up the tear in the bottom scene where the record is actually peeking through. And not only does he have his usual address label on the front cover, but it covers two older address labels. So not only is the address of the house we moved out of in 1964 here, that's the one under the regular one, but the address where he grew up in Mentor is also on this record. It's the one at the very base. It's obvious he had this record since around his senior year in high school. To me, 
That's pretty amazing to think about. So even after all that, I will value my dad's record at only a quarter. (laughs) Okay, can we make up our mind what kind of mood we're supposed to be in? In a Sentimental Mood, composed by Duke Ellington in 1935. Okay, let's learn about this episode's featured artist. And this excerpt is from the show notes of a Stanford University podcast called Riverwalk Jazz and the broadcast entitled Sweet and Hot, a salute to cornetist Bobby Hackett. And I will drop this link in the liner notes so you can read the whole thing. 
The romantic sound of Bobby Hackett's cornet set the mood for millions of love scenes across America in the 1950s. His lyrical style and polished, near-perfect execution made him one of the greatest ballad players in the history of jazz. Hackett's playing has reminded some listeners of cornetist Bix Beiderbecke, but his first inspiration came from jazz trumpeter Louis Armstrong. Bobby Hackett was born in Providence, Rhode Island in the winter of 1915, January 31st, into a family of nine children. His father worked as a blacksmith. It was the sound of Louis Armstrong recording being played in a Providence department store that made Bobby want to take up the cornet. He was 12 years old when he bought his first horn at a pawn shop. His mother couldn't stand the racket of his practice sessions and would hide his horn to keep him from playing it. Bobby would search the house until he found his instrument, then he'd practice as much as he could until his mother hit it again. As fate would have it, Hackett's first professional gig was at age 16, sitting in with Cab Calloway's orchestra. Cab was performing a one-nighter at a local ballroom in Hackett's hometown when one of Cab's trumpeters fell ill. Bobby showed up at the concert to watch the great showman perform, but when Cab found out Bobby knew how to play cornet, he was invited to sit in. Hackett couldn't read music, and the notes flew by. The trombonist sitting next to him on the bandstand had a pint of gin, and together they swigged it to keep their morale up. At the end of the evening, Cab gave Bobby $25, a week's pay for an adult at the time, and more money than Bobby had ever, ever held in his hands. Back at home, Bobby Hackett proudly laid the cash on the kitchen table, but his mother accused him of stealing it. At last, he was able to convince her he'd earned the money playing his horn and the cornet was no longer just noise to his mother. Bobby Hackett paid his dues playing summer resorts and Boston speakeasies, then made it to New York City in the mid-1930s. Bobby recalled having stage fright just being in New York where so many great jazz artists held forth. He said, When I first went to the famous door where Pee Wee Russell was playing with Louis Prima, I got so scared I got drunk and went back home to Boston the next day, unquote. Eventually, he worked up his nerve, went back to New York, and connected with band leader Eddie Condon. Hackett soon found a fixture in Condon's bands and over the years made numerous recordings in his studio bands. One of these, Bixieland from 1955, is a tribute to Bix Beiderbecke. When they cut the record, Bobby was signed with Capitol Records and Eddie Condon was signed with Columbia. To get around hassling with record label politics, Hackett played the, se uh, Hackett played the session under a fake name. To this day, Pete Pesci is credited with playing cornet on Bixieland. The real Pete Pesci, not a musician at all, was the general manager of Condon's Jazz Club in Greenwich Village. In a 1972 interview, Hackett reminisced about his hero, Louis Armstrong. Quote, he taught me by example that the key to music, the key to life, is concentration. When I solo, I listen to the piano and the other instruments, and I try to play against what they're doing. But the ideal way to play would be to concentrate to such an extent that all you could hear was yourself, which was something I've been trying to do all my life, to make my music absolutely pure. In this business, you either hit home runs or you strike out. Anything in between, you're just second rate, unquote. Hackett died in 1976 of a heart attack at the age of 61. Now onto a piece of music I played when I was in the pit orchestra for this musical in high school.
All Through the Night, written by Cole Porter for his 1934 musical, Anything Goes. Time now for this episode's interesting side note. And it has to do with a popular series of easy listening albums that Hackett didn't receive enough credit or compensation for. Bobby Hackett first met Jackie Gleason in 1942 during the filming of the Glenn Miller biopic Orchestra Wives. At the time, Gleason told Hackett he wanted to record his smooth cornet playing with a string section. A decade later, Gleason realized his dream with a series of 16 best-selling LP albums, two of which, for lovers only and music martinis and memories, were hugely successful and garnered a wealth of radio airplay through the decades. These tracks ultimately became staples on Muzak. Jackie Gleason's hit albums featuring Bobby's romantic cornet solos were developed and conducted by Hackett, though Gleason received much of the credit. However, according to the book, JTC the Great One, The Life and Legend of Jackie Gleason, written by William Henry III, it was a little more than not offering much credit. Gleason's second career as a composer and conductor of almost 40 albums of mood music was The Great One's Great Lie, Mr. Henry writes. Not only couldn't he compose or conduct or arrange, but Gleason paid Bobby Hackett, the trumpet player who did most of the composing, conducting, and arranging, only union scale, which was thirty dollars to $40,000. Gleason, meanwhile, made millions. And I want to thank the Baltimore Sun 1992 review that I found online for that tidbit. Okay. More movie music.
You're My Thrill, composed by Jay Gorney and introduced in the film Jimmy and Sally in 1933. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Bobby Hackett had a great musical upbringing before breaking out on his own, playing with Cab Calloway, Glenn Miller, and Benny Goodman, just to name a popular few. And with what little I really know of him, I can understand why his popularity grew into the 1950s and what probably attracted my dad to this album back when he was in high school. In fact, this record came out the same year he bought the trumpet that I now use once a year in my high school alumni band. Now let's float on out of here with one of my favorite all-time melodies. Up a lazy river, 
written by Hoagy Carmichael and Sidney Aridan and published in 1930. And there you have selections from another featured trumpet player in my dad's vast record collection. So thanks for tuning into Volume 95, Bobby Gets Mellow, however you did. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for another 78 RPM Sunday with Volume 96, Beethoven from Boston. Until then, go with the flow, my friends.